What is good? All of our listeners and viewers, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I wish life had a very easy mode. But it doesn't. Nope. But we're talking about a game that has a very easy mode. Yes. But life does not have a very easy mode, and I'm very frustrated about that. Ah. Why? What? My pen? That was my pen. Oopsies. Also, I think that was the only pen on the table. Oh. Well, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. Uh, Liz, how you doing? Mm. I'm aight. Yeah? Yeah. You're just aight? It's aight. We're going to talk about what's happening in our lives in the past week uh, during our talkie time segment, but you're just doing aight. Yeah, but I get toasted marshmallows tonight, so that's great. You do. And Be- I have an iced coffee. Yeah. Uh, our family is in, well, my family's in, but we're married, so when you marry, we marry the family, which is actually kind of talking about the movie that we saw in Movie Minutes. Good job. Yeah. So we're in front of a live studio audience. My cousin Tara and my mom are in the background right over there. There they are. They're, they're waving. They can't Did you- see you waving. Yeah, they can't see. Oh, well, too late, too bad, but they're over there. You just have to take my word for it. So... Uh, let's just get the show started because we're back with Movie Minutes. It's been three weeks. Since three? We've done. Really? Yeah. It's been three weeks since we've done oh, Movie yeah, Minutes. Oh, yeah, because we had an interview, and then we had Love You Strange, and then we had another interview. Yep. So we Damn. haven't done Movie Minutes in three weeks. We haven't watched movies in three weeks. Yeah. That's a lie. We watch <laughs> movies, just nothing noteworthy. So before we get into our first segment, let me talk about our social media garbage, okay? So you can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. That's our official Twitter handle of the podcast, but you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us individually, be friends with us. You know, give me give me a kiss or two. I don't know. Just Excuse- don't be weird. Wait, what? What? Huh? Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. You can check out uh, tons of new features and pictures. And also, I put up a question of the week every Friday. Uh, you can answer that question in between Friday and Sunday, and we will put your answer in a video on Wednesday. So definitely follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. But don't forget to check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all of the episodes from the website as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of our episodes. So check those out. I will be getting back to writing articles on the website pretty soon. Just have faith in me a little bit. I love you, viewer. Anyways, so if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to ring that notification bell. And if you're interested in becoming a podcaster yourself, link down below, both in the audio and the video. I have some affiliate links linked down below. If you would like to get started in podcasting and you want to know what kind of equipment we use, there's affiliate links down below. You can check those out. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely hit that subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And if you would like me to read your review on the show, you can just email me contact at gamesgroceries.com and I can read your, your review in this voice, in my radio voice. I can also do Kevin from The Office. No one has challenged me yet, but I can do it. You really want someone to challenge you michael i left my m&ms he's just doing it without prompt now let's just get into it with our first segment movie minutes movie minutes is a segment where we talk about the movies in the past week whether it be on netflix hulu amazon prime or in theaters and soon to be disney plus but that's not until november but we like to talk about the movies that we saw in the past week and we like to uh, let you know if we recommend it or we don't recommend it. And this week's movie was in theaters because 
well, we were going to see It Chapter 2 because we know all of you love Pennywise the Clown. However, um, my wife and my cousin, uh, we go to the theater and say, Adam, don't you think you should order ahead of time because aren't the seats going to be filled? And I said, no, not for a movie like It, not for a very popular movie like It. No. We got there. There was only a couple seats left. And we checked like four or five different times, including the IMAX showing of it. And they were all filled up. So instead, uh, we were going through the movies, seeing what's out. And we saw a movie called Ready or Not. It was an hour and a half film. It was a thriller. And uh, we got to see it. And I... Much better choice. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Liz, what was the movie about? So Ready or Not was about this family. This girl marries into this family. Yeah. And she didn't have a family before. She was in foster care her whole life. So she didn't have family. And she told her boyfriend that... All she wants is to get married and be part of a permanent family. Right. And so she marries this family who is like this big game, fa- like big yeah. game company. Board games. Yeah. Like this family is like generations of making board games. Yeah. And so what's they that, have. What's that a company that makes Monopoly? Um, what, That makes all the board games on there? Mar, Mar, Lor, Blur, Mar, Blur. Anyway. <laughs> so. She marries into this family, and they have this tradition that when you marry into their family, you have to play a game at midnight. Yes. So at midnight after the wedding, they they had it's like someone in their family made this deal with a demon. Yeah. Person devil. I never. I didn't quite understand that part. Yeah. But they made this deal with basically the devil. Yeah. That um they choose a card from this deck and like this card automatically draws. It was some sort of mechanical thing. Yeah. But you choose a card, and if it's, you know, you play Old Maid, you play Goldfish, you play Chess. Checkers. But if they draw the card that's hide and seek, yes, this person must be hunted down, mm-hmm. killed, and sacrificed so that the family can continue to live. Yeah. That's if, the basic plot. Yeah. Uh, let's not get into too many spoilers yeah. here. But that, that's, that's, the that's the plot. That's the plot. So uh, I have three notes down for this, and then we're going to go into what our ratings are. But my first note, what I was very impressed with this film about is that it gives you all the plot you need for the film. Now, this is an hour and a half film, Mm -hmm. one hour, 34 minutes, and it gives you all the plot within the first 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, I remember sitting in a theater and sometimes I'll I'll watch a movie and I know exactly what's happening. I'll check my phone to see how much runtime has gone and it gives you all the plot you need. Within the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't waste your time. So then yeah. you have a whole hour of just pure joy, right? Did you ever get confused in the movie of what was going on? No, not really. You could follow along. I, yeah. The only thing I got confused on was who they made the deal with. Right. Um, but other than that, it, it was very straightforward. And the whole movie, you kind of knew what the end was going to be. Yeah. But you didn't know how. Right. So it was it was still it was still a mystery, even though it was a little it was predictable. that predictable ending. You weren't sure how it was going to happen. There were even parts where you doubted that yeah. that was going to be the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe I'm wrong. So what was nice about this movie talking about runtime even mm-hmm. uh, what I enjoy about good thrillers is that they don't. Uh, fluff anything yeah it's all just condensed uh, an hour and a half film for a thriller i think is the perfect time frame yeah. you can make a two-hour one work but there's no fluff all it is just tense mm-hmm. and it just like gets your blood like curled like uh it gets you scared at the right time but it yeah. doesn't draw anything out yeah 
So you get your you get your plot, you know what's going on, and then you go on a roller coaster for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I, I think it handled its plot very well. You know, he got some plot explained as the movie went on, but you need, got everything you needed within the first 15, 20 yeah. minutes. Now, my second note is that what the what the thing I was most impressed about with this film is that, uh, you know, usually I was talking to my mom about this, where thriller movies, you know, they, they throw in some comedy now and again. Yeah. They do throw in some comedy just to get you like detensified so you don't have yeah. a heart attack in the middle of the yeah. theater. And people are just like, oh, I just paid for my ticket. I don't want to take somebody to the hospital. I, I run into that all the time. But this movie uh, handled it much better. Now, like I said, there are always comedies and thrillers. However, this had the tense, uh, like in the intensity of a normal thriller, but it had the flow of a light comedy. Yeah, their comedy wasn't the comic relief. Yeah, it was just funny. It was just they a, made this the very heavy situation funny. Exactly, it, it made it a light comedy, not just a comedy, not just like a dark humor kind of comedy. It was like a fun family light comedy yeah but within other scenes you were tense like yeah. you you want to like root hands for this. over face and like eh. yeah and it was really well done mm -hmm. the the writing for this movie was fantastic not yeah. just the writing but the performance mm -hmm. they they had some you you were a fan of adam brody in this film yeah and uh who was was the girl anybody um, nothing huge, no. Okay, but... She wasn't, at least not recognizable for me. It was Adam Brody and whoever played the mom. Let me just look who yeah. it was. Yeah, the mom is just in everything. Yeah, I just don't know her name. She plays... There was also parts. an actor from Revenge in it. Yes, Conrad Grayson. The guy who plays Conrad Grayson was in it. I yes. love him. But well, the I don't love him. He plays an evil person mm -hmm. in everything, but... But the 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 performances on this were... They, they just delivered every single line uh, like a home run. They, they, you, you were believing that you were in a situation and you were just really rooting for this girl. Who was the, oh. The mom was Andy McDowell. Yeah, she's in everything. Yeah. I'm just going to look up something since I'm on here. Yeah. So I would just say the performances were just really well done. The writing was fantastic. The set pieces were really awesome. Like it was oh so authentic. Yeah. The, it was amazing. You were just invested in this film. You felt like you were a part of the situation, uh, both in the laughs and in, in the intensity right here. Now I want to go into my last notes. Uh, overall, I think this had a fantastic runtime, no fluff and you didn't leave anything out. Uh, excellent casting, by the way, excellent cast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everyone was perfectly made for their role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had an engaging narrative, so you knew exactly what was going on in it, and it had you involved with the movie as it set forward. You were rooting for this girl, mm -hmm. and you were trying to find out what's next. Uh, although predictable, it was still fun. And the twists were still surprising. Yes. like The twists were still surprising, but it was still predictable. Now, when you write something like a thriller, you kind of know going in that it's hard to make an unpredictable plot mm -hmm. so what this writer did i see that like listen we're all here we all know right what's well, going to happen in the end but let's just have fun with this yeah so uh let's go into our overall ratings you gave it 
I actually gave it a 10 out of 10. And as many of you know, I really don't give anything a 10 out of 10. You only gave Fighting With My Family a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very cautious with my 10 out of 10s. So yes. this was a 10 out of 10 for me. I want to own it on DVD the second it comes out. like, And because it has those comic, the, that comedy in it. Yeah. I could watch it again because most thrillers you don't watch again because it's like, well, now I know. Mm-hmm. But since it has that good comedy in it, yeah. I would be fine watching it over and over again because it's so good and so yeah. funny. I just loved this movie. I'm fighting myself with giving it a 10 he out of 10. He wants to give it a 10 out of 10. I don't know. There's, But I was talking with you and Tara, uh, my cousin. Um, we're just cousins. Um, <laughs> I was talking with you and Tara of what I found to be nitpicks in a movie. Mm-hmm. But then you, ex- I don't want to spoil anything. My nitpicks yeah. were this. And then Things you said, you didn't notice they already explained. Yeah. And then he said, then they said like, well, they already said this. Yeah. They had every single nitpick that I had, but the story explained it. Yeah. Like the story had purpose behind it. Yeah. And every sort of little thing that you think you could be annoyed about the plot has a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it takes place in modern day. There's Instagram, there's YouTube that's already referenced. So it's within 2019. Yeah. So there's some, I'll leave it at that. But like they said, there's some things in it where it got explained. So I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Yes, we won. It's so good. By the way, uh, did we say what the movie is? It's called Ready or Not. Did we not say that? I don't think we said that. Audience, did we say it? Erps. Did we, wait, we said it? Oh, oh they're we saying did. that we did. Go us. Or we didn't say it. We did not I'm say I'm so it. confused. Oh, we did okay, say it. Okay, we said thank it. God. Good job. Okay. Go yeah. us. High five. Woo! That Anyways. Hurt. Ow. So, uh, the movie is called Ready or Not. Now, this came out August 23rd, so it's been out for a couple weeks now. So, you can probably catch it in theaters just at the tail end. But I highly recommend, if it's still in your theaters, go out and see it. It's see an it hour and a half. before you see it. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a much better choice than it, in yeah. my opinion. What, what's that, Mom? You can say it aloud. You're bitter. No. She's <laughs> jealous that we didn't take her to see it. Yeah, it's just that final, final seconds in our in our story here. Um, it was it Chapter 2, I saw that it was three hours long, and I just I did not want to see it. But this was an hour and a half, and it was little known. I didn't know anything about it, and I and I think it's well worth the yeah. watch. And if you don't see it in theaters, put it on your rent list. Put yes, it on. Definitely. Put it on your DVD list because this is this well is worth one the to watch. Own. Yeah. So with that said, definitely called Ready or Not. So just reminding you again. All right, let's move into our next segment. Top three gaming news. Top three gaming news. This is game news that we saw in the past week, and we like to condense it for you. Ranking three, two, one, just to keep you informed and updated about the games industry. So let's start with our number three gaming news. And this is coming from a game called hmm, Cyberpunk 2077. Small uh, known game. Yeah. Starring Keanu Reeves. It's not starring. He's I was going to say, I don't think it's starring. I think it's just featured. Any, any movie or any sort of medium... Keanu Reeves could be in a rap album and he's the star. It's no longer a TI album. Oh, it's it's now a Keanu Reeves album. Oh, so it's coming from Cyberpunk 2077. And the article states that Cyberpunk will be entirely 100% a first person game. 
there's no longer going to be any third person uh, perspectives, even though at E3, they, they showed a lot of third person perspective mm -hmm. scenes, uh, including cutscenes and uh, understanding uh, where the character is. And so there was customization involved and you get to see your character as you uh, put different clothing on and uh, mess with its face. But this is coming on Monday. This past Monday, community lead. Um, this is a um, a French name, I believe. So I'm sorry to this person, Marcia Momant, Momat, Mamet. It's probably Momo. Momo. Because most T's are silent in French. Mumu. No, no, not Mumu. Mumu. Uh, <laughs> he tweeted. Now he tweeted this quote. Um, this is achieving full immersion in a first-person perspective game is extremely important. Uh, and the decision made by the team to go 100% first-person in Cyberpunk is something that will benefit it greatly from gameplay and storytelling perspectives. Hmm. Now, while I... Our big subject today is why creative people leave. And part of that is because creative people need to create something that they truly believe in they need to be passionate about it right so if he believes as he's creating or well this is the community manager so he's not the one created the game but the creatives of the game when they decide this as they're creating their game right they're starting to see that okay maybe we can get more immersion if it's completely first person yeah now people are kind of upset about this uh, fans are a little bit upset about this because um hi hi dog he's uh, trying to like your mom's face yeah um but people are kind of upset about this just because they're they're worried in terms of uh storytelling uh in terms of customization because now they're going to be customizing a character i can't see my character after i customize it so what's the yeah. point of putting yeah. all this uh things in well, maybe they took that part out yeah but then then I also think with this, like, well, look at Kingdom Come Deliverance, right? It's a game that has first person, but still customization. However, in Kingdom Come Deliverance, that game, uh, you can still, right, uh, you can still have cutscenes in third person. So you can still see your character, your yeah, character in what you put them in. But this is completely 100% first person mode. So even when the cutscene happens, it's happening in first person. Yeah. And I can also see how that helps you be immersed in it because yeah. it's your vision. You you see what's happening. You're within the movie that's happening mm -hmm. before you. Now, Liz, I have this in my notes here that you are indeed not a fan of this decision. Why is that? Because, and I've shared this before, that I suffer from migraines right. a lot of the time. And with that comes very sensitive eyes, mm -hmm. sensitive vision. Yeah. And when it's in first person, it makes me extremely dizzy. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a lot of focus. Like I pr could probably only play it for 15 minutes yeah. at a time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of stretching it for me. Right. And I was super excited to play Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. And now I don't even know if I could watch someone play it because mm -hmm. it would hurt a lot to do it. So mm -hmm. that's my only complaint. And I understand creative freedom. And if that's how they want to do it, that's fine. Right. But I think, I, I don't know. I feel like they're limiting their market a bit when they do that. Because even other people with other um, things, like other medical problems that, right. you know, help suck with their eyes. Yeah. You know, that could also, you know, affect other medical communities. So. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just feel like they're limiting their market a little bit when you do first person entirely. Yeah. Or I would, you know, I would rather a game that you have an option exactly. to do first person or third person. So that would be the best choice, in my opinion, to serve everyone. So I'm still excited to play this game. I'm just interested to see yeah. how this plays out. So, but that's that's really all it is. Uh, but let's just move on to our number two gaming news. And this is actually really interesting for fans who uh, don't play video games, but they still want to get into gaming. Yeah. Now, it's been said that the game Death Stranding... Yeah, that's just the article title. Uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> Kojima says that Death Stranding has a very easy mode for movie fans, right? Uh, why don't I take the wheel here? Okay, I yeah. was trying to help. I'm not I know. Helping. I still love you. You're still my shining well, star in my life. You're the one that highlighted that one. Anyways, uh, so with that said, uh, uh, this wasn't Kojima that first said it, but it was actually his personal assistant. So Hideo Kojima, who is designing this game, Death Stranding, right? His personal assistant tweeted out, uh, let me bring this up real quick. Uh, she tweets, uh, finished, uh, finished a Death Stranding test play. It took a month as I was playing while doing daily work since, uh, August 6th. As being a beginner, I picked up a very easy mode. So that's confirmed that it has a very easy mode, uh, not just an easy mode. According to my boss, this mode is for people who usually don't play games, movie fans, or RPG fans. Normal or hard mode is for action game fans. Now, Kojima later went on to, and he quote tweeted this. Hi, buddy. Come here. Good boy. I love uh, so Kojima quote tweeted this and said that, uh, basically his assistant, this person has never even completed the first level of Pac-Man. Like she couldn't even beat the first level of Pac-Man and yet was able to beat the entire game of yeah. Death Stranding with very easy mode. Now we've talked about this with game difficulties and how some people say that, oh, games need to be uh, hard. You can't play on easy mode, but here we go. If we want more people playing video games, if we want more people appreciating this, mm -hmm. very easy mode is a great transition into video games. Uh, what do you think about this? You're you're pretty excited about this. I am. I'm really excited because even though, yeah, I could probably make it through on normal or regular easy mode. Right. The fact that they're they're thinking of people like they want to bring people into this community. Yeah. And they want people to play this game. They want to reach more people than just the regular gaming community. Yeah. You know, this is this makes it very attractive that it's a very easy mode that you kind of just get to just play through without having to do much, without needing any skill. Yeah. And that's nice. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a good option to have. And I think I'll definitely be playing on it. Yeah. At least the first time around. Yeah. And like you said, like it, it makes people less nervous to play a mm -hmm. game like this. Now, Kojima said that this decision came because there's a lot of A-list uh, movie stars that are going to be starring in this game. And people who are movie fans want to yeah. experience that. Yeah. But they don't have the skills to be a quote-unquote gamer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so with that, he said, this is a very easy mode. And so you can just jump right in and have a good time. So I think this is exciting news. And I think that Death Stranding is becoming a game that's going to make strides in the game genre. So both in making a new genre, he said, called the Stranding Game. Mm -hmm. Like not just action game. It's going to be a strand game. And now it's going to be picking up a very easy mode for movie yeah. fans. So I'm pretty excited about this. So 
not more much more we can say about it. Yeah, it's just exciting news. It's really good. Uh, let's just move on to our number one gaming news, and this will transition to our main topic. Yeah, and the creative director behind this game called uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was just shown off at E3, and me and you, we we're pretty intrigued with it. Yeah, and. Uh, sadly enough, the creative director, uh, Ikumi Nakamura, has left Tango Gameworks right in the middle of this game's development. Now, if you don't know Ikumi Nakamura, please look up her E3 she's performance. She's so cute. Yeah, she's the one that just like danced like the K with her body. But I don't, I can't do that without you know breaking a hip. I don't know. I wasn't a cheerleader like you. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> but. She has left the studio. Now, um, let me pull up, pull up this tweet. Uh, she has stated on Twitter saying this. After nine years as creative director and art director at Tango and ZeniMax. ZeniMax, of course, is the parent company to Bethesda. Bethesda, of course, is the publisher of Tango Gameworks. So she both worked at Tango and ZeniMax. I felt here is I felt he, here is one of the ends of the journey. I learned from the talented people I've worked with and I respect. Um, high five, smiley face. Contact me, anybody who wants to work with me. And she puts her LinkedIn accounts on her Twitter. Now, she does go on to say on later tweets that she's working on other projects, right? So she's leaving this studio and probably going to another indie studio maybe designing her own game here. Now, what do you think about this so far? Um, excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I mean, I don't okay. I don't know much about her career or her. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where her career goes. Now, I like how some people pointed out I like how some people pointed out that uh, Bethesda, who's thinking about like the whole microtransactions and business and trying to get the white whales in, um, a lot of people know that Bethesda's going down this route. So instead of getting a suit and tie guy to introduce this new game, Ghostwire Tokyo, they bring out this live, bubbly person like Akumi mm-hmm. to just come out and just like really excite people. Like, wow, look how much care is going into it. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that Akumi knew about this and she just wasn't comfortable anymore just being a mascot she takes her work seriously here's the thing about bubbly people just because they're bubbly doesn't mean they don't take their work seriously yeah she's worked in companies for nine years as creative director now what if creative director was she is the director of all things creative. She's talking to the sound people, the art studio. She mm-hmm. was the art director. She she brings everything together to make sure we're all on the same page here. And just she just coaches them to make sure that this becomes the best game possible. So this is also worrying because this is coming from a whole lot a whole lot of other major developers leaving their studios. We we just heard about Tim Longo from 343 Industries leaving right in development of Halo Infinite. We heard of Tim Willits, who left right after uh, the development of Doom Eternal. And he's leaving id Software after 24 years. Uh, we heard of Ben Irving, who was at uh, Bioware for... 12 years, I think he said. I might be completely off. But he left after Anthem had that whole blowout. And so all these major people in the games industry are leaving the studios to Mm -hmm. make their own projects. This is kind of worrying because 
big businesses are coming into video games. They know there's a lot of money to be made. And so they take advantage of these creative people and they just decide to leave. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate for Akumi Nakamura. I hope I'm saying that name right, but it's very unfortunate. But she saw her other route. She saw that there's better opportunities and she saw that, listen, if you're not going to listen to me as a creative and you're just going to be all about business and all about the white whales and all about the micro microtransactions, then maybe I should just find somewhere else to go. Yeah. So, uh, but with that said, uh, I think this is a good transition, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about why creative people leave. So let's just jump right into that, into our final segment. So every single week, we like to sit down here almost like in a coffee house and just talk about topics and questions within the games industry. And lately, a lot of creative people have been leaving. And that's why we're talking talking about why creative people leave their industries, their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. There's a lot of creative people leaving. I, I mentioned in our number one gaming news that's Tim Longo, Tim Willits, Ben Irving, uh, and now Ikumi Nakamura. Uh, we, we can also talk about Hideo Kojima when he left. Um, oh, not Capcom. I can't remember. Konami. When he left Konami to do his own project called Kojima Productions, and that's where we get Death Stranding. These creative people are leaving, and it's, it's just worrying. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any thoughts about this? Um, I mean, just as like a base, like starting from the basis, it's just, I think people like creative people leave when they're not being filled or not listened to. And we're not it's even not being even, challenged. And it's not even in the game industry. It's in any industry, even, you know, it doesn't even need to be movies or something that you would think as, you know, creativity. Yeah. But in any business, if you've got this idea and you're in a company that no one's willing to listen to you or even consider it. Yeah. You know, it makes it hard as someone who wants to see their company grow or do great things. And you have this drive and no one is acknowledging that mm -hmm. drive. Right. You know, that is just unfortunate. Yeah. Which brings us like, I'm glad you transitioned to that. Um, as most of you know, and I'm not going to go into full details here just because yeah. I'm not. <laughs> just because um, it's not worth it. Yeah. But a lot of you know, I've been pretty open about this on the podcast that I was a full-time youth director. I still am for a little bit, but mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about this subject just because it's coming at a good time because I just quit my job in youth ministry. Now, I relate a lot to these people now. Not to say that game development is the same as youth ministry. It is a lot more stressful yeah. <laughs> in games but industry. the reasons behind it are pretty similar. Yeah. Basically, I'm not going to go in full details, but... Uh, I, I was doing ahead. I was uh, saying what was right for what my ministry is capable of. And I was growing at my own pace. But some of the church members and some of the church elders weren't agreeing with me. So basically, uh, they sat me and my wife down and had a list of demands saying that basic rundown. Listen, these are demands. You can either follow us without question because I used to question him all the time because I'm arrogant and I'm stubborn. Uh, thanks, mom. But I love you still. Hi. But uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is that because I was so arrogant, I understand that. But if you can't follow us without question, 
then you can just leave. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I'll leave. Fine. Yep. I love my kids to death. I really do. And I can imagine on the stance of Akumi and all these other people, yeah. they love their projects. They love the people they work for. Mm-hmm. And they probably stay for as long as they did because they love the people they work with. Yeah. I love my teenagers so much. But there came a point where they said, you can either follow us without question or leave. And yeah. I just decided to say, you know what? I have other priorities. I have my wife to look out for. And if you're going to put my wife in the middle of this, I'm leaving. Yep. And so I am no longer a full-time youth pastor. Well, I am for a couple more months. Yeah. But I'll be looking for other projects to do, which is what these creatives do. Like, listen, I don't think I can do another big business. I don't think I can go back to a church, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I would like to just work on my own uh, ministry for a while. Maybe go back to a church. I don't know yet. But I relate to these people. Now, I want to talk about why people leave. And we want to talk about that. But that's basically what the rundown was. That's what brought us to this subject this week. Now, when they said that you need to follow us without question, right? This brings us to back to here. These creative people in the games industry, they're always about the creativity. They're not really about the business. But I have here in my notes, in capitals, business is necessary, Mm -hmm. right? There has to be a business side to both the church, both in the games industry, right? Because in game development, if you don't have a business, you don't have anywhere to work to be creative. Mm -hmm. If there's nothing that in the church setting, if I can't play politics, right, then the church is going to go in anarchy and everybody's going to do their own little thing. Business, politics, these things are necessary, right? But is creativity being a priority? Is creativity even in the mindset of these people, right? And sometimes, yes, there's there's studios such as Insomniac. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So Insomniac was just an indie uh, developer who just got bought by Sony, right? Yeah. So they can make more games. This whole Epic deal, right? Uh, not with Epic. Not with Epic. But the, the, the games are being brought up by Epic. Yeah. These games, the, these games industries... They know that they have to be creative, but in order for people to be experiencing their creativity, business has to be a thing. But I think people leave. I think uh, one reason why creative people leave is that they make business the only priority and creativity is somewhere there in the corner. Mm -hmm. Do you you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it gets it it gets kind of hard because especially in the gaming industry, the whole thing is creativity. It's a story that someone came up with. Someone sat there and wrote this story and then other people came and drew up, you know, story art. Right. You know, they came up, this is what we want it to look like. And then you have a whole department of people who have to make that dream, that story and that, and those illustrations come to life Mm -hmm. and work on that. Yeah. And I think sometimes those lines can get blurred between between working in your passion and being creative right and doing exactly as you're told which is fine if you're taking a like an artist job at a game you know you have to expect that you're you're not going to be making your own art you're going to be making art of whatever game you're told to work on that day yeah and so i think that is where it does get hard now as a creative director yeah and you do have that freedom to choose how this story looks Mm mm-hmm 
it does get a you know it's still that business side of like all right well what do people want to see exactly you know so it it is hard to make that balance but i do think it is a little easier to have a bit more creativity when you're the art director and not just one of the artists mm-hmm. who work in that department yeah but yeah i do think it is hard when you're in a big company as opposed to being in an indie because when yeah. you're indie you write the story and you write and you do the art like you well, you I have mean, a vision and you get to make that vision look and sound however you want it. But whereas when you work in mm-hmm. an, in a bigger gaming studio developer, yeah. you know they choose how it what it says, how it sounds, and what it looks like, mm-hmm. and you it's your job to show that mm-hmm. to them. When you were talking about that, it reminded me of a game called Stardew Valley, and Stardew Valley was developed by one person, mm-hmm. one person, and it took him five years. Five years of eight to fourteen hour days, and he put everything mm-hmm. he had behind it. Or even a uh, better subject, Nick DiPaolo. How you doing? If He's you're listening, find a way to bring up Nick yeah, DiPaolo right. in every episode. But Nick DiPaolo, like he worked in, he actually worked in television, mm. right? He worked in television. He worked in movie production. But he wanted to make his own dreams. He wanted to yeah. make his own vision come to life. So he moved out to the West Coast to California. And he self-taught himself to develop a game. Mm-hmm. And now he's creating Adam's Ascending. This, and it's looking great. Yeah. This amazing game that you should uh, probably pre-order on Steam as you're done listening to this podcast. Anyways, but these hashtag people. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. But hashtag best friends. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Nick DiPaolo, are we best friends? Write in the comments below. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. I will, wait, I will await your response. Okay. Anyways, but... Yeah, business needs to be necessary, but I think this whole now now on the opposite end, on the opposite end, the reason why people aren't so kind to Death Stranding, I want to talk about Death Stranding for a little bit. Okay. Um, this is Hideo Kojima's like big project. Like he left Konami, mm-hmm. like he left this big business Konami because Konami was controlling him, like basically what they were doing to me, yeah. like saying like you follow us without question or else. Hideo was just like, you know what? I'm going to make my own studio, Kojima, uh, Kojima uh, Productions. And people are kind of uninterested in Death Stranding because you have this amazing, intelligent mind. Amazing, intelligent mind. But he's out of control. Like, it's pretty much just a massive artist and just like throwing paint splatters on a wall. Oopsie. And uh, there was actually a report that was actually... This is so the game is almost out. The game is coming out in November. And a report said that Hideo Kojima said, Yeah, yeah um, I don't even know what's happening in my own yeah. game. Like he's talking about his story. He's like, Yeah, I don't even know. We just got some gameplay of Death Stranding, and you can, I am not kidding you, not kidding you, even in the audience here, you can actually select to have your character pee in the game. I love that. You can pee in the game. You can just put up your directional and uh, there goes Norman Reedus. Go ahead and peeing. Even Hideo Kojima, because, yeah, he's business mindset, but he's all about the creativity and it's just this wild adventure and he doesn't even know what's happening. So I think yeah, you need some supervision mm-hmm. because if you don't have supervision, you just have this wild creative just out in the wild and just saying, like, create what you want. I want to create a rhinoceros riding a giraffe on a rainbow. Wait, whoa, 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 Hideo, come on now. <laughs> but, uh, but I think you need to have some assistance there. 
I don't think that it's something that you need, but I do think that if you're someone who can just go all in, yeah. then yeah, you do need some sort of structure, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary. There are people right. who have a vision and they can follow their vision. Yeah. They they need someone to follow the vision, but also have some. Now, now that's my other notes. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the next one I want to do, like business is necessary, right? But it also comes to us as the fans too. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think creative directors and creative people leave their studios because Twitter is a thing. Yeah. Instagram's a thing. Emails are a thing. And you and you find all these people, uh, especially community managers, mm-hmm. just getting all of our tweets like saying, like, I hate your game. It's stupid. Like, I want this. Why can't why can't you make a rhino riding a giraffe riding on a rainbow? Why can't oh, you do that? The fans of these games also get into the heads of these people. Mm-hmm. And they want to be creative and they want to show you why this is so creative. They want to show you this is my baby. This is my art. I want to show you how it can affect your life. And yet the fans are just unwilling to listen to these creatives. And you got to imagine the people that you want to serve, the people that you want to affect their lives, the people Mm -hmm. that you want to change. And yet they're coming at you like, no, it's too stupid. Needs more guns. I like Call of Duty. But... (laughs) Or people who weren't even planning on playing the game yeah. just sit there and like say how stupid and terrible it is. Go play this game that I love. Like it's those people that give the yeah. entire industry and all the fans a bad name. Yeah. Or even if a if a creative studio wants to take a different route. Yeah. Like big example, uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory, who made uh, uh, Sanua's uh, Hellblade's newest sacrifice. There yeah. it is. Uh, Hellblade's newest sacrifice, which was this amazing game. Uh, it's an indie developer. They, they made this, um, they made this game that was all about mental health. And and we talked about this on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. where if you put on headphones, they actually hired a real life psychologist to get sound design of what it sounds like when you have voices in your head. So if you put on headphones and you hear, uh, all these voices, you're hearing voices in your head. And they're trying to get you to be in the mindset of somebody who has uh, schizophrenia. And they, they have this amazing art in it. <laughs> Adam's mom looks <laughs> terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but then just in E3, we see like Ninja Theory has a new game. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. And what was it? It was a game called Bleeding Edge, and it was a three versus three multiplayer game. That sounds terrible. And that's the thing. Like, as a fan, I I wasn't willing Mm -hmm. to accept this new creative uh, reasoning, whether it be for business or not. It's a new creative route that this that these developers say, you know what? I had this art, but I really want to make this colorful multiplayer game. Mm -hmm. And the fans aren't willing to accept that. And they made it known on Twitter that they don't want to accept that. Or even um, uh, Arcane Studios. They want to make this game uh, Time Loop, Death Loop. It's called Death Loop. And people are just like, oh, it's just all the same. Why, why are you doing this? Yeah. Sometimes they just want the same, but in a different art style. Yeah. And fans aren't willing to accept their new routes. Yeah. And you can even take that into, again, you can take it into other industries. Right. And I gave this example to you when we were talking about having this subject or talking about the subject before yeah. in music. And yeah. stay with me now. <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. I loved Taylor Swift. <laughs> she was my idol and I loved her and I 
was what are they called swifties or swift i think it was swifties i was a swiftie i was whatever they were i was one <laughs> i loved taylor swift but yeah. then she started siding more on her pop side yeah and that wasn't for me and i missed the old taylor and i kind of fell off the bandwagon yeah and you know i as a fan don't particularly like her new music it's right. not for me it's not my style i mean it's still good but to me it's not taylor swift yeah so as a fan, I kind of dwindled away from Taylor Swift. I'll listen to it if it's on the radio, but I'm not going to go out and buy an album anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to go on Twitter and tell Taylor Swift that she's a terrible artist and she right. needs to go back to doing country stuff and, you know, start pick up her pick up her guitar and curl her hair again. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. She's the artist. If that's really what she wants to do with her career, then that's up to her. Yeah. You know, but no, again, stay with like just stay with me. I know that I probably just like got rid of a good chunk of fans for saying that I hate... No, I don't hate Taylor Swift. I just... I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. But... I'm that's, trying to get the dog in my lap it, right it now. It can go in any industry where you might not agree with where the art direction is going, but they just wanted to do something different. You can't expect someone to make the same game over and over and over and over right. and over again. Taylor Swift is still sing singing about the same stuff, just in a different beat. Hey, puppy. You know? So, it... it can go into any industry where it, it's all about art and creativity. And if that's where they want to go, then that's where they want to go. Exactly. Now it brings me to this note. Where is the, and I'll start with you on this question. Okay. Where is the line, right? Between providing constructive criticism, like I said, for Hideo Kojima, mm -hmm. there's some times where you need to like pull this guy's reins. Like, in. All right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the line between providing constructive criticism and suffocating their creativity because there's a fine line between yeah them. i won't even say fine line there's a broad line yeah i mean i think the line is you know you're still going after your dream you're still creating your dream your passion or like something that you're passionate about right but i think that line is just you know there's constructive criticism where you're saying you know i you know you know i would prefer it this way a little bit like one it's the it's the way you say it kind yeah kindness be kind on twitter to anyone right but it's that or at least provide reason for it yeah when you have reason to to why you think it's changed now are we talking about in an indie like constructive in anything okay so it's like well hand. that's not my cup of tea so there's that and you can say why and you can say well i prefer you know if it's something a little more abstract i i like right. it more real mm -hmm. or you know it depends but like and see, it depends on what medium you're really talking about. Well, let's talk about, you know, creativity within video games. You yeah. know, um, there, there's things like with Hideo Kojima. I'm going to bring him back. Right. <laughs> uh, because I'm really excited for this game. I really want to play Death Stranding. Um, now, little side note for uh, fans of YouTube. Uh, I'm interested to see how people are going to be covering Death Stranding, because anytime you put into the title, the description, the tags, the word death. Or even just saying death on this YouTube video, right? Sleep standing. Forever uh, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing, is that um, YouTube find it, any any of the word death, uh, they find to be demonetized. They don't want to put any ads on it or anything like that. So it's got to be hard for YouTubers to cover this game Death Stranding uh, because of the name. And it will demon demonetize or uh, define it as um, inappropriate for YouTube because of the word death's in it. So that's going to be really interesting. But anyways... Since I already demonetized this episode anyway, um, 
Death Stranding, right? A lot of people are just saying, like, I don't know what the story is about. I don't know what's going on here. But instead, right? Instead, ask Hideo, where are you going with this story? It has mm-hmm. something to do with America, but I would love to learn more. Yeah, like, all right, so ask him, what's your vision? for What's the plot? What's the vision? And then when he tells you, you're like, all right, well, maybe this scene isn't really helping that story at all. Right. You know, so it's those little things of, like, helping them um, focus a little bit on right. their vision. Like, because we were saying in, you know, we re- we saw some reviews on it where they said, that you mm-hmm. know it didn't need to be that long there could have been things that were cut that could have been cut out because it didn't help the story it didn't drive the story anywhere right it was unnecessary there's a lot of movies like that mm-hmm. and so and even we've said this about life is strange too there yeah. are things in season two that were just like that's not necessary to the story at all yeah and it's that you know that's where i think that line is is there's helping them keep focus on their vision mm-hmm and then there is saying, no, that's a stupid storyline. Don't do it at all. Yeah. You know, like if someone wants to tell a story, let them tell the story and just help them stay on track. Right. You know, there's helping stay on track and then there's just taking the wheel yourself. Yeah. Uh, my, my answer is pretty similar to yours where the, the difference between uh, providing cr- constructive criticism and suffocating their creativity are reasons. Yeah. Right. Uh. Like just on YouTube, we we put up a Google Stadia video and someone, I won't give you the press or anything like that, <laughs> but this uh, this person said like, anybody watching this video, just click off of it. They don't know what you're talking about. And so I uh, responded by saying, hey, what did we not learn? Can we learn from you? What, yeah. What's something that, that I did wrong? And he just responded with like, well, you're just stupid. You don't know anything about that. I, I can't waste my time with you. It's like okay, dang. Yeah, we were looking to see if we could, how we could improve to yeah. make it a better video for you, but they decided to not do that. But that's the thing with our Life is Strange episodes. The reason why we put up whole episodes about the Life is Strange episode is to give reason why I didn't like it or reason why I did like it. Yeah. Uh, providing constructive criticism is to say that, yeah. listen, I think this is great, and I'm- I and and like I think this is great. But what could have been done is this, and it would have been so much yeah. better. But to suffocate their creativity, right, is to say not only that you didn't like it, but they should never create something ever again. Yeah. And that you should be listening to the fans, listening to the business model, and why are you even having an opinion? Yeah. And you have to keep in mind that, like, when you're criticizing a game, if you're on Twitter or on YouTube or anything like that, yeah. and you're criticizing a game, who do you think they're going to listen to more? Someone who calmly says, you know, I really love this series, but this this particular season or this particular game yeah. didn't really do much for me for these reasons. You know, I kind of wish you guys had this or I kind of wish you had included customization or things like that. Right. Or do you think they're going to listen to the person saying this game is stupid? It was terrible. Yeah. You shouldn't have made this game in the first place. Why didn't you do it? Who do you think they're going to listen to? The person who calmly explained why they didn't like this game or the person who's writing in all caps saying that they're stupid and they should have cut the game and they should be fired or quit their job and yeah. go into a different industry. Like salty really? like the ocean. Yeah. But all in all, let uh, ending this episode. Yeah, I think in the end, right, we need to allow these creatives, and I'm talking to you, the fans, and I'm also talking to you, the business, because I know that EA, Activision, you're all listening to this. It's <laughs> obvious, right? But I think we should let these creatives grow, 
and to learn from their mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. I love watching stand-up comedians in the way of I like seeing their progress through the years. Yeah. Um, you know, like there, there's you, you see the first uh, comedy special and you and they're nervous and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, listen back to our uh, first episodes. They're still up there. Uh, episode one, two, three. Uh, compared to this one, there's a lot more structure. We learn from it. We're growing from it. And I think you need to allow these creatives to just have this out there, have them take the creative routes and have you, you know, calmly and, um, you know, criticize them, but in a constructive manner, mm -hmm. give them why you didn't like it, but in a professional way. Yeah. Right. Uh, say, you know, what did you think about this scene? Have a discussion with these people on Twitter because they do read your tweets. They do yeah, read definitely. your Instagram stories, right? They do see all of it. They That's what community managers do. Yeah. They're on Reddit. They're on these places to hear feedback, right? But with this feedback, it needs to allow them to grow and to learn so that in the next games and in the next games and the next games after that, it's going to be fantastic. Now... Yeah. <clears throat> Bethesda Game Studios, I'm talking especially to you. Um, please don't mess up Elder Scrolls 6. I really, really would like Elder Scrolls 6, but um, it seems like Fallout 76. Um, Stop touching your mic. I really want I really want Elder Scrolls 6 to be good, but Fallout 76 He will is... be one of those people writing in all caps at you if you mess it up. <laughs> I really want it to be good. Pretty, please. It'll be good. I hope so. But that's just the thing. And that's the other thing. With Fallout 76, they wanted to go on new routes. They wanted to go the multiplayer yeah. routes. It wasn't good. but It didn't work. Yeah. But at least they went for it. They tried because that's was their, that was where their passion laid right. in that moment. Yeah. But the businesses also need to keep them employed. Right? Yeah. Businesses need to be there to keep these people employed and keep them, uh, you know, have a job to be creative. So business is necessary for these people, but it's a priority to make more money for the company or is the priority to give the most creative game you ever can think of. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's where the, the line draws there. So yeah. any other closing thoughts? No, I mean, I think I said everything I need to say. Yeah. All right. I think I, we're good. I think we can close out this episode. So if you have any thoughts, write, write to us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Put it in all caps. Say you hate us. I love it. But at least you're communicating to us. I know uh, I see my mom over there going on Twitter, just uh, writing in all caps there. I don't even think she has a Twitter account. Do you, no, she does. She follows us on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, hers is a picture of a little bouncing dog around there. Oh. Yeah, because we don't, you know, she she doesn't want to show her face. But Anyway. So you can follow us on Twitter, at Gaming Groceries, and you can follow us on uh, on individually, at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. And the camera shut off, but we're about to close out anyway. But Liz is still going to uh, press record because, hey, we're back. How you doing? If you're listening to us on audio, I, I hope you're going through a journey with us. Yeah, I don't... Liz is back! Hey! Anyway. So you can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. We can check out behind-the-scenes photos, updates about the podcast, as well as question of the week. We also put question of the week on Twitter so that you can answer those, and we'll put it in a video on Wednesdays. Uh, and uh, check out our website. Our website is gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the episodes, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the episodes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, 
If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and share with a friend who you think would enjoy this episode as well. Uh, and if you are willing to, and if you would like us enough, subscribe to the channel and ring that notification bell so that you know when all the podcasts come out. And like I said, if you yourself are interested in podcasting, but you don't know uh, what to start with, we have some affiliate links down in the description down below. And you can check out what we use and get an idea of what kind of equipment you need. And, you know, go from there. We want you to start a podcast. You know, you got some thoughts. We hear your thoughts and we think you should start a podcast or a YouTube channel or, I, I don't know, a video game. Do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you again for listening to this week's episode. We hope to catch you in next week's episode where, if you made it this far, you deserve to know our next week's guest. If you know of Eon Gaming, who does the uh, HDMI for GameCube and HDMI port for the N64, Eon Gaming, Justin and Justin, they're both Justins, will be on the show next week. And we're going to be talking about preservation through upscaling. That was the word, preservation through upscaling. So definitely give that episode a listen, a watch, and be excited for that. And with all that said and done... Ow. Let's get out of here. Okay. See you next week.